You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome to another broadcast of Diakonia, a call to service. Diakonia is the Greek word for service. It's also the root word of deacon. My name is Deacon Richard Hudzik, and I'm privileged to serve the Archdiocese of Chicago as Vicar for Deacons, and I do that through the office of the diaconate, where we're headquartered in uh, Forest Park, Illinois, at St. Bernardine's Parish. I also get to work and pray with the good people at Mary Mother of Divine Grace Parish in Westchester. And as usual, has been the case for month upon month now, uh, year upon year. Uh, joining me is Deacon David Brensick, Associate Director of the Office of the Aconet, uh, Deacon Extraordinaire, uh, recently had a birthday, so he's much older. Um, and uh, he also serves as Deacon at Holy Guardian Angels Parish in Brookfield and LaGrange... Park. Uh, good morning, David. Hello, everyone. And this show is a uh, show that the Archdiocese has graciously granted to the Office of the Diaconate. And we're attempt on this show to talk about the call to service uh, and how that is a call for all of God's people, not just those who are ordained deacons of the Catholic Church. So it's a show not about deacons, but really it's a a show by deacons, and we try to invite people to walk with us on our journey of service and try to uh, try on for size, I guess you could say, uh, some of what uh, the deacons are doing or supporting. Uh, and we invite everyone listening or watching to to join us in this in this walk. Um, and for today's show, we have joining us uh, another deacon. Uh, is this is Deacon Tom Beagle? Tom is a there he is. I see him on the screen right now, uh, if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, if you're on the radio, that doesn't make any sense. But anyway, um, Deacon Tom Beagle is uh, 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 ordained for the Archdiocese of Chicago, and among his ministries is one working with Bishop Jeffrey Grob, who is the Episcopal Vicar for the Archdiocese's Vicariate One, which is the church in all of Lake County and northwestern Cook County. Have I got that right, Deacon Thomas? Yes, that's correct. Okay, good, good. Um, so welcome to you, and uh, we'll, we'll start out in, in small small steps here. What is, uh, in your job with uh, Bishop Grob, what, what is the, what's your title? Who, who are you? What do you do? What's, what, what's the name of, of your office? Let me say that. Absolutely. So um, the official title that I carry for the Archdiocese is the coordinator, the program coordinator of healing. Program. And so that is uh, um, 
general overview of what I do, but it's a little bit more extensive than that. There's a lot of people who call. Um, it's attached to the actual official office of Exorcist, and it um, plays out in a variety of different ways because a lot of people obviously are in need of healing. Um, also have some deep spiritual issues that need to be addressed as well. And so we believe, particularly in this ministry, that everything starts and begins and actually ends with the process of healing. Okay, well, that's good. All right, um, that, that's good. Let me, uh, I, I guess, to situate you contextually, tell us a little bit something about your own your own history, when you were ordained, uh, if you're assigned to a parish, uh, family situation, career Sure. T- tell us who you are. Yeah. So I was ordained in 2018. So I've been a deacon for at least a certain length of time. Um, I've been married for 20 years, happily with my wife, and I have several kids. Um, most of my background, at least in the past, I worked for a high school, a Catholic high school for quite a number of years, 14 years, in fact, um, Christo Ray High School uh, in Waukegan. Very proud of my service there and working with uh, underserved kids. And uh, I had the opportunity to be able to um, to serve Bishop Grob voluntarily as a deacon um, in the healing ministry. And so the volume of work basically came to such that a job opportunity presented itself. And I've been very privileged to be able to work with him for the past year. Okay. So it's uh, just you just you just finishing the the first year or more more or less. Okay, good. All right, right, I wanted to um, before we get down to particulars of uh, and the ramifications, the nuances of of healing or uh, what I titled this uh, deliverance ministry, and I guess uh, healing is going to be broader than than deliverance. But I um, maybe it's not great radio or great YouTube, but. I have just struck one of my bookmarks, uh, which I acquired from somewhere, but it's uh, it's an excerpt from uh, a book called An Exorcist Tells His Story. And I just wanted to open our conversation here with us, and I've abbreviated a little bit so it's uh, we don't listen to me uh, reading for so long, but I just invite my our, our two other participants here and all those who are listening or watching to uh, enter into prayer with me. And this is called a prayer for deliverance. My Lord, you are all-powerful. You are God, you are Father. We beg you through the intercession and help of the archangels, Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one. All saints of heaven come to our aid. From anxiety, sadness, and obsessions, we beg you, free us, O Lord. From hatred, envy, we beg you, free us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death, we beg you, Free us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship, we beg you, free us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, witchcraft, and from every form of the occult, we beg you, free us, O Lord. Lord, you who said, I leave you peace, my peace I give you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, we may be liberated from every evil and enjoy your peace always. In the name of Christ, our Lord, amen. Amen. So, uh, as I said, I just wanted to uh, clothe our conversation in that. Um, and I guess, Tom, do you have any reaction to that prayer? Is is that in the neighborhood of of some of your concerns in your uh, office of healing? Sure. You know, 
a lot of what you spoke um, are definitely sources of, of, you know, healing in people's lives. People get exposed to lots of different things. We see people from all walks of life. We see um, young children as, as well as people who are elderly. We see people of all different types of ethnic backgrounds as well. Um, and so, you know, over the course of my time and my experience, and bringing people to healing, uh, as well as, you know, liberation. Um, you know, what I've found too, is that most of these people who are stepping forward, um, and seeking healing from the Lord are genuinely good people. These are people that oftentimes have made some type of mistakes in their lives. Sometimes it's not only themselves, but sometimes it's members of families. Um, parents, um, all different types of situations and circumstances uh, we find ourselves in, but the Lord is there to heal. And that's our Lord's promise to each and every one of us. I think at a very basic human level, most of us need healing in some way, shape, or form. We've all had experiences throughout the course of our years, which trouble us, which are difficult, which are obstacles to our own faith, even sometimes our understanding of God's love. And so the church provides this this ministry and this office to be able to help and assist people in that way. Okay. Now I've been Tom, using. Do you, go ahead, Dave. Uh, Sorry. So Tom, do you meet people one on one? Is it over the phone? Do you go to their homes? Do they go to the church? How does this no, work? That's a good question. So no, we never. I never pray alone with somebody just for um, the integrity, really, of the process. Sure. Um, and that's very very important. Um, it's, uh, we always need people who are gathered with us. And I always tell people, I, I follow Christ's example where two or three are gathered, he will be present. And, and the person that you're praying with doesn't count. <laughs> you need other, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ who are gathered around with you to be able to support one another in prayer as you may encounter some of these difficult or sometimes spiritual circumstances. Now, I've been using the term deliverance. You're using the term healing. Is there a distinction there? Am I being, is deliverance a subset of, of the healing ministry? I would say so, yes. There is a distinction. There's definitely a difference between the two. But like I said, I firmly believe that any type of deliverance process almost always begins, moves through, and ends with some type of process of healing. Because at the very root of, of any spiritual problem is oftentimes an absence of God's love. There's been some type of inversion. There's been some type of process or practice by which they have been removed or um, been led away from the mercy of God's love and the church. And so um, when we distinct between those two is that there are certain people who simply just need healing. They've experienced some type of trauma in their life. They've experienced some type of, you know, uh, wound of some sort. Now, we do recognize, though, by the church, is that sometimes there are certainly demonic entities, spirits that attach themselves sometimes to those wounds. Sometimes they enter people's lives uh, and in, in some way influence them on some level. And there's obviously a large gradation in terms of what that means. You know, some people are mildly, you know, affected. Some people are very severely afflicted. But at the very end, 
everybody who moves through this process, like I said, receives healing because of the fact that we recognize that in some ways they're not whole. And healing is not in the in the first instance. We're not speaking of of physical healing. I'm unable to walk, or I can't see, or you're you're not mm-hmm. you're not operating on the physical level, except perhaps and correct me, but in the in the rare instance where there's a, a physical manifestation of some deprivation of wholeness. And that's, am I on the right track here? Yeah, there are there are certain people though who are spiritually afflicted that do experience true genuine medical ailments. So, uh, for whatever reason, the um, the demonic has the ability to be able to mimic some of those things um, that they can cause certain pain within the body. Sometimes that they can cause, for example, um, you know, maladies of different sorts that an individual may actually feel sick, you know, on a very chronic basis. And when they actually receive healing and they're actually free, that their body actually returns to normal livelihood. Okay. Hey, Tom, uh, we probably should distinguish. This is not, this is not associated with the anointing of the sick. Correct. It is a separate process. Now, the anointing of the sick is certainly a sacrament that we use as part of this process of healing. We believe that uh, the power of that anointing brings strength to an individual because oftentimes, most especially, that people are dealing with some type of spiritual affliction. We know that one of the main areas that the demonic likes to work in is isolation. They love to be able to pull people away from the church. They love to be able to pull them away from their support structures, their families, people that will love them. Uh, And so the anointing of the sick can oftentimes bring healing through God's grace in a way that normal prayer is unable to. We believe in that power of that sacrament and drawing people, like I said, closer to God's presence um, and also bringing them hopefully healing in order for them to be able to return to many of the other sacraments that are oftentimes absent from their lives. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna take a, a break, Tom and Dave, and then when we come back, we're gonna pick up uh, this wonderful conversation about how this manifests in people, how they reach you, uh, and what what the path of your walking with them looks like. So hang on, and uh, we'll be back just in a moment. Catholic Charities, we fight hunger in Chicago throughout the year. Our six regional offices in Cook and Lake Counties work together to offer sit-down and to-go meals to anyone in need. 
We deliver meals to those who are homebound, and our eight food pantries offer three to four days of food supplies based on household size. Participants in these programs have the opportunity to learn about other Catholic charity services that strengthen individuals, families, and their communities. The challenges for those dealing with food insecurity are especially great during the winter months. To learn how you can help those who are hungry in your neighborhood, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7525. That's 312-655-7525. Thank you for your generosity. We are at the Most Blessed Trinity Parish Food Pantry in Waukegan. And here we uh, care for people in need. There was definitely an uptick in the needs for services. We doubled our volume after COVID hit. From servicing about 250 families a week to about 500 a week. We supply bread, tortillas, vegetables, milk, cheese, butter, uh, proteins, fish, chicken, eggs. Well, the annual Catholic Appeal has been a tremendous help to us, especially over the past year and a half. Without the annual Catholic Appeal, we might have to close our doors. Um, our parish is the largest one in the Archdiocese, but it's very poor. We think about food and we think about nourishment, but we also nourish the soul, provide that connection to humanity. The good works here are made possible through the annual Catholic Appeal. Make your gift at annualcatholicappeal.com. At my right hand or at my left is not for me to give, but for those for whom it has been prepared. And we are back to the second half of Diaconia Call to Service. Joining me today, uh, I'm Richard Hudzik. Joining me today is uh, Deacon Dave Brensick and Deacon Tom Beagle. Uh, Deacon Tom is our guest today, is uh, being cross-examined by Dave and me. Uh, Tom's title is Coordinator of the Office of Healing. Did I do that right, Tom? Good, okay. Uh, what a memory, like a, like a sieve, I think. Um, Tom, we're talking about your healing ministry, and we're making some distinctions and uh, trying to find out, you know, what what it is that you do and, and what it is that you don't do. Um, let me ask just a, a couple of questions, and I'm going to turn it over to, to Dave uh, to, to, to bring us to our, to our close. But we're talking about healing and yes and no, physical, but, but it's a psychological, spiritual deprivation of some respect. What does this look like? I mean, is there, is there a way to characterize the, the person who reaches to you? Um, is, there, is there kind of some general way of, of what this looks like that you're talking about? Sure. So when most people make some type of inquiry uh, on behalf of the archdiocese, they're concerned generally about some type of spiritual matter. 
Now, some people, obviously, in that regard, they're not sure sometimes what they're dealing with, you know, that they've experienced some type of trauma in their life. Sometimes they've encountered or um, gone to some types of occult matters that are concerning to them. And so we simply bring them in and we try to get an understanding of what they're experiencing, who they are, where their sacramental life is, which is, you know, critically important. And then we simply pray with them. And, you know, through that process, it's a process of discernment. We have to understand, is this simply something that's psychological? Is this somebody who is simply dealing with some form of mental illness and needs to be referred to, you know, a clinical psychologist or psychiatrist? Is this somebody who may need to see their general doctor practitioner for something that they're experiencing because they have some type of physical ailment that they believe might be spiritually related, but may not necessarily be. And then there are certainly those people who, you know, have real genuine spiritual afflictions. And so when we oftentimes, you know, look at the scope of their life, we oftentimes find that there are certain commonalities with those individuals that they're sometimes struggling with, you know, practicing their faith. And that when they go to confession or they're going to the Eucharist, that sometimes, you know, that's a that's a huge, enormous struggle for them. Um, oftentimes when we pray with those individuals, uh, you will see actually physical manifestations that are uncharacteristic to normal behavior. Let me explain a little bit what that means and what that looks like. So, for example, sometimes when we will pray with people, and it is simply prayer. It's calling upon the Lord's name. It's calling upon the power of God, the spirit, to be able to enter into that person's life. They will sometimes shake. Sometimes they will, you know, rock within their chair. Um, sometimes, you know, on various occasions, you know, that there are times when their body will sometimes contort um, or, you know, any number of things, right, that are uncharacteristic to the individual, right? We're talking about things that are not normal to their, their average ordinary behavior. And so when we look at those things, we don't necessarily automatically, you know, say that it's a spiritual matter, but we continue and we proceed along that path to make that determination. We always try to be very careful and very cautious about putting a label to anything early on. But we work with that individual and we continue to pray with that individual to see whether or not it has and produces some type of effect in their life. Okay. Now, we, you're, you're under the auspices of, you work out of Bishop Grab's office, Vicariate One. Is this a, is this a Vicariate One uh, ministry or is this for the entire archdiocese? This is for the entire archdiocese. So we have actually different parishes, different pastors that uh, allow us to be able to use um, oftentimes side chapels because we like to preserve not only the privacy and the dignity of each person that calls. So everything that that is shared with us, every phone conversation, any paperwork, it's all held in, in high confidentiality so that people don't have to be worried or concerned about stepping forward or concerned about whether or not members of their family, members of their own parish, any of those things become, you know, a an obstacle for them to be able to continue to practice their Catholic faith. All right, we've got about five minutes left. I'm going to ask one question, then, I'm, then I truly am going to shut up. But if... Mm -hmm. How does one reach 
I'm, I'm a, I, I go to confession and I, I, you know, I have this scrupulosity. I just can't be unburdened. It's a trial. I, I go, but I can't. I hate it. Uh, how, how do I get in touch with, with you? Sure. So first thing is I would actually advise is to actually have a conversation with your pastor. If you have a pastor that is open and welcoming to be able to have that conversation with you, I would start there first. If in fact, you know, that um, is a difficulty or a challenge for whatever reason, um, there is an actual page on the Archdiocese of Chicago website. Um, but I also field phone calls quite often as well through a work line. And so um, that number is 312-550-1241. So anybody who um, is concerned that there may be something going on in their life that may need or require those types of services can certainly contact me through that. 312-550-1241. Correct. Okay. All right. All right. As I promised, uh, Mom's the word. Go ahead, Dave. Oh, Tom, I was just wondering, listening to you and all this wonderful work that you're doing, how has this touched your life? Quite remarkably. I will tell you that being in this ministry, a lot of people are, to some extent, frightened by it. Some of people are, you know, think, well, you know, this would be something, the last thing that you would want to do. And I would say that it is a particular calling. There is a certain, you know, um, uniqueness to this ministry, but I have witnessed things that are incredibly and extraordinarily powerful. I'll share one, you know, and this is, I've seen people who for the years and years of their life have struggled, who have been oppressed, who have been held captive in darkness, been released from all of that. And the extraordinary and joy, it just can't be put into words. You know, that which has been stolen from them, been robbed from them for years of their life. And all of a sudden now they're stepping forward into just in a completely new world um, and all by the power and the love of God. That's pretty remarkable. And to know that the sacraments themselves are one of the greatest avenues by which people are set free. And how long... You know, do you deal with people over a period of time or is it, you know, case by case? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So the reality is it's up to God. <laughs> that is that is one of the most mysterious parts of, of this role in this position that certain people I've seen um, praying with them four times and they have been freed from very serious matters. And other people have been going on seven years. So we always see progress. That's one of the hallmarks of, of being in this ministry and working with people is that they're not necessarily in the same place all the time. They're gradually getting better. But if we were to say that they are completely free or they're completely healed from everything that has afflicted them, that really is it's God's timing. It's whatever God decides to do with that individual. And that's good. We've got uh, about a minute left. I want to just ask uh, a, a question and ask for your reaction. But It strikes me that uh, we minimize the words of the gospel when we talk about Jesus healing people. That um, maybe just self-confession here is that too often we're thinking 
physically only, Jesus healing the blind or curing the deaf or uh, raising the dead. But that doesn't do justice to the, uh, the gospel narrative, does it? I mean, we talk about my peace I leave you, my peace I give you. That's more than, that's a sense of wholeness and well-being. I mean, is it, and your, your ministry is, is acting out on that broadened notion of Jesus' healing ministry. Am I on the right path here? And I would totally agree. I would say that that anytime that you receive communion, there's healing. Anytime that you spend time before our Lord and the Blessed Sacrament in adoration, you receive healing. Um, because healing is, is such a vast thing. Um, and because we need healing from our own symptoms. And with that, um, Jesus heals. Jesus saves. Uh, Tom... Thank you, David. Thank you. I'll see you back at the office uh, shortly. So God bless you all. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. God bless. I have been baptized.